Hey everyone, uh, welcome to this backstage episode. Um, and we have today Vidhi Mukherjee with us, and she should be joining the room anytime soon. Uh, and this is going to be a supremely interesting episode. Um, and I'll just wait for her to join the room before I ramble on. Uh, Vidhi's come out with a beautiful, haunting mo- memoir named Devil's Daughter, and it is something supremely riveting. And uh, I'll just wait for her to join. And I think she's in the room, so I'll just add her as a speaker. Hi, Vidhi. Can Hello. you hear me? Yes, I can hear oh. you. Hi. Perfect. Welcome. Welcome to Backstage and welcome to the Kitabi Karwan podcast on Backstage. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. I'm so glad to finally have this conversation with you. This is, um, I mean, I've been reading your memoir for the past week now. Uh, I've been re- uh, and to be very honest, uh, I've been reading it at a very slow pace. Because uh, it's a very delicately written memoir, and it deals with a lot of sensitive stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is—I mean, I can't—I mean, it took me a while to process reading it, so I can't even begin to imagine how you felt while going through it, and even for that matter, writing about it again. But uh, yeah, that's that's largely going to be the context of our conversation today, everyone. And uh, so, but Vidhi, before let let's just start on a much much cheerier note than this. and this is something i ask all my guests whenever they come for an interview with me is uh, and it's going to be a very unique question because you unfortunately or fortunately you had a lot of exposure of your personal life to the media and yeah. you've been very open in your memoir but uh, something that we always find is that authors are generally you know very exposed to the media in terms of mm-hmm. particularly in recent times uh, you can find out a lot about them and a lot of people try to keep and they as they rightfully should keep a lot of their lives hidden away and keep things away from themselves so my first question to you is um would you mind telling us something that you know the world doesn't really know about you but you would really want them to know something that's not already out there oh, wow that's a very interesting question that i haven't been asked before um <laughs> oh uh yeah i mean I think there's one thing that I haven't really told people is that you know like a lot of people think that you know it's very strong that I have written this memoir and you know I'm sure a lot of people know how much it kind of took out of me uh but I guess one thing I would like to tell everyone is that you know I'm still like on the way there I'm still not by any means like healed or like completely fixed i mean it's just it's such a long process and journey right so i never want to kind of say that i'm all there because a lot of talks that i've been having a lot of interviews that i've been having a lot of people say that you know oh you're so kind of mature you've you know you've reached to a kind of place of you know you know everything this that this that but i i really don't i mean i just i want to be as humble as possible and say that you know it's we're all kind of on our own journeys and i'm still such a big work in progress because there's just still so much work to be done um and i just i want to be as relatable to people as i can you know no and you know that's such so i completely get where you're coming from right and i think uh i think this just comes with a level of self awareness a lot of people just start getting into their late 20s or like mid 20s and i guess it's also Uh, the particularly the bit about being a work in progress right and it doesn't necessarily have to be in context of recovering from something 
but mm-hmm. just in like how you're imagining life right i think all of us at some point or the other do realize that we are work in progress and you know obviously perfection is something to be chased but to be achieved and you know you head towards it and particularly in your case it requires a lot more emotional coping that needs to be built into that but that actually kind of makes me ask you the other question that i had on in my mind that so i mean i can't as i said i can't really even begin to imagine what it was going through this process let alone at such a young age of barely being 18 right and you also i mean you write about it in your memoir that you know you felt like you know get you've almost written this memoir thrice in your head and yeah. you finally got about to doing it in when you were in hong kong stuck during the pandemic but so writing this memoir also meant revisiting everything that has happened since your 18th birthday right it hmm. meant going through all over those memories and all those emotions that you felt and these were really scarring like there was a lot of them were really happy memories of your travel or your time with your friends but uh, a lot of them were also very scarring very obviously hmm. so and this is something i always talk to authors about like what is this experience of being able to write about these difficult memories or difficult things that you yourself experience right like for fiction authors who are imagining things it's still like there is a barrier between them and the world but mm-hmm. you know, when you're writing about your own life how did how did it feel like what was your experience writing this memoir particularly in this context i mean i think uh, you know i i thought i i've thought about this question even before i started writing my memoir like what would it be like you know writing about my life and i thought for some reason that i'd be singled out into this kind of uh, a bunch you know a handful of people that's kind of doing this but in fact when i wrote when i started writing like coming off my earlier point all i wanted to actually do was just relate with people you know relate with my next door neighbor relate with the person sitting next to me on the train like that's that's what my main kind of idea was and i think the more i wrote the easier it got because i was able to kind of feel empowered through my own story you know and it's it's almost like a therapy session that you're doing with your long therapy session that you're having with yourself and i, I that's that's what i keep saying because people always advise when people are going through something the first advice that i've i've realized that most people give you is you know go talk to someone or like you know talk to your friends or talk to your neighbors or do something like that but for me i just felt like the best thing i could do for my was to actually talk to myself because mm. that was the true healing experience that i had when i was just sitting in front of my laptop and talking to myself essentially and mm. that's how kind of the memoir was born you know yeah. and and it's very interesting when you mention that because i think i mean i got that uh... I mean I don't know if it's uh, something that I'm looking at in retrospective when you're mentioning this but uh, you know particularly when I was reading about you traveling through South America right mm. and the way you wrote about it and the way you wrote about your experiences and how you felt I mean it was very clear that this is some you know talking to yourself is something that really works for you I mean it doesn't always work for a lot of people yeah. right a lot of people end up being I mean and not that you won't you I, there were points where I felt you were being too harsh on yourself but some people get caught up in that web and you know they are really abusive to themselves and it's great that this worked for you over time like you know over time that you could get there hmm but it's very interesting that you mentioned therapy as well because uh, you write about how initially you were slightly guarded or you didn't have really great experiences with therapists hmm. right and eventually when you found gabriel in spain that really you started working up 
really well for you so what what was that about like do you think it was uh, maybe was it do you think it was in retrospect obviously do you think it was you who had probably was not able to receive therapy that well or was it something that flowed out from therapist the reason that i'm asking you this question is because i think um, in india mental health is a topic which is not really spoken about a yeah, lot it's a taboo right? topic, yeah sure. it's it's supremely taboo and uh, it, i think it becomes really important to discuss like as important as it is to discuss the importance of therapy it's also yeah. important to discuss where therapy can go wrong or why it can make people feel uncomfortable hmm okay. so what what was your uh, you know the reason or like context from which you kind of felt a bit guarded towards therapy or didn't particularly feel comfortable with it so that's a very good question actually so basically when i first yeah you know answering your first question it was 100% me that was guarded off because a lot of people said you know oh you should talk to this person and it's it's like it's not easy to talk to people at all when you're going through something you know actually that's the hardest thing to do is just bring someone in even your closest friend i mean even when this whole thing was happening i couldn't even talk to my best friend about it because i didn't want to you know if i really needed to i would but i just i didn't want to talk to anyone about it and uh, it eats up you i mean it eats you up in a very kind of unhealthy way almost but i'm very much under the belief that i think one needs to go through that i think one needs to go through the whole process of being harsh on themselves to kind of come out of it you know and mm-hmm. see i guess my case is a little bit different because for me i mean there were points i really didn't think i was going to come out of it there were points i didn't want to come out of it you know but every time i was pushed like to the edge i mean as i'm sure you've written, read in my book there was that whole hospital episode that happened and you know without sounding too cheesy when i woke up in hospital that morning i didn't know that i didn't want to actually wake up but i did and that just made me realize okay like i have to kind of do something now and that's when my real anxiety started that's when my real panic attacks actually started when i was going through all of this and when that happens i realized in my head that okay i'm doing something right if i'm feeling anxious right now that means i'm asking the right questions because the true thing is we're actually really scared to kind of face these things we're really scared to understand why we're anxious we don't want to face any of these you know topics about ourselves we want to kind of keep repressing them and pushing them further and further and further down but for me the true kind of magic where i really started understanding myself and healing was when i came across this concept called shadow work um okay. i mean we can touch upon it now we can touch upon it later if you want but basically essentially no please shadow- do please do yeah, i so mean i was something i was going to ask you about yeah so shadow work it's it's brilliant right basically when i just this concept kind of came about when i was writing my book in the midst of writing my book cuz obviously i have to revisit a lot of painful memories and a lot of hard things that i kind of just didn't want to even you know realize that these things happened in my life but when i was writing all of this i was in a terrible headspace i mean i was really 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 like anxious and depressed and i was learning about certain ancient philosophies simultaneously and one i picked up about taoism and through that you know how google is now you search one yeah. thing and then you go into you know, you go down a rabbit hole like i mean yes. then you're at some other place only so then through this i found out this whole psychotherapy called shadow work right. and shadow work is essentially where you are 
understanding the darkest parts of yourself so we as human beings we have two sides to us we have a light self and we have a dark self and the light self is essentially what we see in our everyday lives you know we see like when i'm me talking to you right now that is what we want to show the world the right. person that is our light self our darker self is the parts that we repress about ourselves that we feel that is socially unacceptable and you right. see glimpses of those when you are kind of arguing with someone or when you're really angry or when you're extremely like ashamed about something right and yeah. what's our instant reaction what we do when that happens we push it away we don't confront that and we think okay we're going to push it under the rug and this never happened and yeah. it's just a hu- basic human instinct that's been passed down through generations now and when that happens like i that i got into the space like for four months i was essentially like doing and and you're asking basically it's a self psychotherapy and you're asking yourself the most intricate questions about yourself so you're facing topics like insecurities you know your family your friends sexuality uh all of these really hard hitting topics and then you kind of get in the space where you suddenly see all these flaws about yourself i don't like to call them flaws but i can't think of another word but you you start seeing all these kind of you know imperfections about yourself and you really beat yourself up on you because that's who you you see like oh my god holy shit this is who i am as a person right but the point is now when you're doing the psychotherapy and there's a guide to it i mean if you google it you kind of see it you know and you have to work through the, these areas you have to accept it like i'll give you a small example if you want like let's take jealousy for an example okay and right. you come across this question like okay am i jealous of this girl and me as a girl what's my first instinct to say i'm going to say no right no i'm not jealous of this girl but you and then i feel this like uncomfortable weird thing and that uncomfortable fe- feeling is actually the yes that i've pushed away behind in the back of my mind the whole point of shadow work is to bring that answer yes into the front of your mind except okay yeah i might be jealous of this girl why mm-hmm. am i jealous of this girl and break it down you're essentially decoding that answer and to the point then you get there and you're like okay actually i don't need to be jealous of this girl at all right so you're doing that with essentially like every single aspect of your life i mean it's super super tough i'm not i'm not like you know this is not something that's easy at all right. i'm like No, it clearly yeah. doesn't sound easy. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really intense. Yeah, like because I mean, like in just carrying forward example, right? I mean, jealousy is a very ugly emotion to deal with, hmm. and even the very first part of it, right? Accepting jealousy as an emotion that you are experiencing, and I think all of us tend to at some point or the other do that, not accept our negative emotions and hmm. kind of try and as I think you very aptly put put it, brush it under the rug. I guess. Yeah. and i think i mean it it sounds like a very uh, interesting thing to try out and i think i probably will like some sometime soon but yeah uh, i'll send you i'll send yeah. you my uh, my book on it that i kind of read about so i can yes. send you the pdf version please do that be great and i think i'll put it out for like because if it's a public document i can 100% yeah yeah yes, definitely that'll be, i would love for that'll you to kind of share it great area to go into but this actually like again uh, it's great that how this conversation is going it actually gives just leads me to the other thoughts that i had and uh, so something that i uh, i mean i think a lot of people who read your memoir might struggle with is the kind of empathy you have particularly towards your mother right hmm. i mean regardless of what happened or what 
it is it becomes and particularly not just the context of you know what happened around your 18th birthday but in terms mm-hmm. of how you you do write about how grown while growing up you had some, a lot of conflict with her which eventually like for a couple of years or a year before your 18th birthday start turning into a more mature more friends like relationship where you <laughs> a lot more closer to her right so because it's such a delicate emotion to come up with right empathy hmm. and especially in your context like you know how close you are to your father and you know what he went through because of her or both of them went through because of each other right hmm. how how was this process for you like i mean i think for me i mean beyond courage and bravery it, i think it requires tremendous energy and self awareness and forgiveness on your part so what was was this like a process for you or was this just something instantaneous that happened i mean it was such a big process you know i think uh, it took years for me to kind of arrive at this because it took so i'll tell you how this happened it's very interesting because mm-hmm. the way i actually began to kind of empathize with my mother is see empathy is something like the majority of the population don't understand what it is is what i realized like we don't actually know what empathy is because we have a tendency to actually confuse the words empathy and sympathy and right. it really took a long like a lot of judgment that was thrown on to me right a lot of i had to go through a lot of people's kind of shit i had to go through a lot of just irritating kind of comments for me to realize how wrong it is for me to judge someone else right because judgment was a huge part of my life i mean i was essentially kind of surrounded by that throughout you know even when i was a kid that's is that's essentially like how i was brought up in my environment in my society just everyone just judges on the ne- person next to you right. and um when all of that kind of fell onto me i it it kind of really broke me down you know and i just began thinking about my mom as a child i mean she had her first kid at 15 years old and mm-hmm. that is that is the toughest thing to go through at that point you know what how, how can you even begin to comprehend what this person is going through or what this person is thinking so for right. me that's what the kind of breaking point was to really understanding my mother and really kind of empathizing with her not sympathizing with her you know just like i couldn't mm-hmm. even begin to understand what she was going through but i just i had to try and for that i had to get back in touch with her and to actually you know understand her as a person right, right. no that does make sense i mean obviously like i mean that's i mean it becomes clearer when you write about it also like you write about it after you've met her after years i think you did not talk to her for or like to her for 3 years and then you met her and that kind of led you towards a more empathetic route but uh, but with you now i would just like to i don't know take a step back and kind of talk about a bit more about you and like what's your personality like because i mean i get i mean you obviously love to write and but you did mention quite late in the book that you weren't particularly a bibliophile as a kid like you you know you started reading quite late in life yeah but uh, so that that's a very interesting because um, most of the time people who love to write are people who love to read as well right? they get sort of go hand in hand but is this obviously not uh, there's nothing mandatory about it, but it's a very interesting idea so uh, what what was this like what, what uh, was there any particular reason you did not read earlier on or no, towards reading i don't know i think you're going to really laugh when i say this but i'm i'm not even joking i think in my life i've read like 
three books. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying so hard after you said that. I would not laugh. Yeah, it's okay, fine. Wow. But like, you know, I say this very openly. I think in genuinely in my life, I've read like three, like, and this is especially like in, only in the last three years have I read these three books. Like one okay, being wow. Shantaram, one being right. Sapiens. And the mm. other being Power of Now. So I kind of think, okay, all these three were very intellectual books. So I kind of, you know, I've made up for the books <laughs> that I haven't read. But um, no, okay. I mean, I don't know why I wasn't a reader. The thing is, like, as a, as a kid, I was not an academic kid. I was a very creative kid, right? I was very, like, into the arts. I was, I love cooking. I love, like, painting. I love drawing. And nice. that's kind of what my focus was on. And I think I was just... Like, my mom kind of put this big, enormous pressure on me for to kind of be very good at my academics and to kind of uh, be this avid reader. And I think she kind of forced that upon me. And I probably resented that. You know, I probably kind of just refrained from that and didn't, I did the opposite of what, you know, she wanted me to do. But it's it's as simple as, you know, how some kids just are readers and some kids don't, uh, aren't. And yeah. It's something honestly like I find it so funny and ironic that I've actually written a book because so many people think that I'm just this big reader, you know, and I'm like, mm. I, I just I'm not because I I haven't like all of my the way I write my education, all of that has just been through the last six years of me learning just through traveling and talking to people. It's mm. like, this is gonna sound really weird, but like, I learned so much just through talking to people and just observing people talk. Like for me, it's as good as reading a book because like I, I have a weird way of just picking up things, you know, I love like, it's, it's something that I, it's, I don't understand, but I can just sit and listen to people converse because that's how I kind of educate myself. And, um, like, I just with even with writing, I mean, like I loved the whole process of writing. You know, I I, I don't think this is going to be my first book because I really want to kind of write my second book, which is going to be about sustainable travel and everything that I didn't put in my first book. You know, but right. uh, something I do know is like, yeah, I mean, I really need to start reading that. That I really know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know where to come to for recommendations, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's quite interesting because you mentioned travel and that's that's very uh, evident in your book that you're absolutely f- fond of traveling and have learned a lot in life because of traveling and meeting newer people and, and it was refreshing to read about your experience in South America particularly because yes uh yeah like few reasons like first i have al- always wanted to go to south africa it's something that's been on my particularly machu picchu i'm a very major history yeah. nerd so it's just something there but the way you went about it right i mean i think uh and particularly in the context of which you wrote this book like i mean i will i'll be very honest uh i was not aware of who you are as a person like i mean i've mm-hmm. i'd heard a few but not about who you are as a person before like i read your memoir right so i mean if someone would have ever told me that oh okay vidhi mukaji is in uh mukaji is in well south america it would not be this life right i mean i would always yeah. up imagining you living like in a privileged i know some really nice hotel and not mm-hmm. you know slumming out in the hostels or something and it was really refreshing to read this i mean it it actually it just went on to showcase at least for me how much you actually like to travel so yeah. i mean uh, but something i want to ask you is have you traveled in the past couple of years like ever since the lockdown kicked in i know you came from hong kong and probably went to bombay and then you were in 
Uttarakhand, but anywhere else, like anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, uh, no. About since then, so for me, traveling is like I've almost made it like a relationship to me, you know, because I've just seen how much it's taught me more than anything. Like I'm, I'm kind of like. just i have this art now how to find good deals on hostels and flights so <laughs> please I, help me like please a, help like me it's like a superpower that i have now <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i mean that's that's exactly what i want to write about you know in my yeah. second book because and especially i want to cater it to the audience like in india right now specifically mm-hmm. like around you know just because it's it changed my world i mean you know before before all of this happened I was traveling like you know the whole concept of traveling is oh, okay book a flight go stay in a hotel go to the restaurants go see these places and bas khatam you know right but that's and that's what everyone thinks oh okay let's go to a place and do this right but for me i mean it came up very you know funnily because me and my best friend in london we just we were going through kind of just this really horrible time together Right. and i was mentally not in the best place she was mentally not in the best place and our universities were not conducive to our mental space at all right. you know and london is a city where like even though there are so many people you can feel quite lonely in mm-hmm. and i just i wasn't fitting that kind of lifestyle in london anymore at all you know i i knew internally that this wasn't me right so we kind of one summer we just quit our we kind of literally uh, went and worked in bars and restaurants saved up some money and decided mm-hmm. okay we're going to go to south america with a backpack on a one way ticket we had enough money like we spoken we spoken to enough people to kind of know what to kind of expect and do you know we had no idea but we literally just hopped on a flight and we figured it out day by day by day and the thing is when you get there you meet people like i'm telling you all my trips there 60% of my trips are made from the people and 40% are the destinations and the right. views and the everything else because every true. single person is just on the same wavelength as you you know like when for example i'll just give you a small example we were in peru okay mm-hmm. we wanted to go to colombia and it's a 8 dollar bus it's a 8 dollar bus and we wow. went with people that we met in the hostel itself and the hostel right. itself is only like 10 dollars a night and wow. when we were running out of money we were able to work in the hostel behind the bar and cover our costs you know it's stuff like that like right. it's incredible it's i mean it's just it opens up a whole new world and you in these are friends that you kind of make for life like if i go to if i go right. anywhere in either australia or argentina somewhere i have like a whole list of people that i met in this hostel that i can call that will give me a bunch of things to do in that budget right you know so it's just this way it's it's almost a hack i found this hack <laughs> of traveling on a budget which is so crazy because it was all my money it was not anyone else like i earned the money i would work right. at some like really shady stupid bars and hostels and all i'd earn right. it and then i'd go spend it all on just travel and i wouldn't feel bad about it and then i'd just keep redoing that whole cycle That's... you know and i think that is that is something that you can't take it away from anyone because it's just th- those are like experiences and that is what education is to me like i think that kind of an education is just incredible no and of course of course it is and i think it it's wonderful that it was to hear, i mean i read about it and now hearing i can hear the excitement in your voice i mean yeah. I, i could i could read the excitement all you and now just like i can hear it as well right yeah. it's absolutely fabulous that you found life experiences through something that you actually enjoyed doing and were able to 
help yourself in this healing process that you were going through but something that just crossed my mind when you were talking about this particularly when you mentioned you know that you funded it yourself and that just made me think about uh, uh the name of the journalist uh, who wrote uh, this article where she mentioned malvika sangvi right yeah. so she mentioned that you know you got it funded from someone else, like your father was funded through some offshore accounts etc yeah. but the question's not about that it's not actually not about it the question was much rather about about how the media has treated you right like the media has been horrendous to you Uh, at least a good a major chunk of it has been i'm sure there have been some good pockets here and there right but uh and in that context particularly now that when you've written this memoir and now because you're doing you know publicity tours and whatever like i mean you're having this conversation i particularly noticed that you haven't obviously spoken a lot to the media i mean there have been written interviews i hmm. saw a couple online uh, i think i saw an instagram live today in the afternoon Hmm. but and obviously you're doing this now which is great but um, wh- i mean were you like i'm sure you were uncomfortable but how you kind of you know what was it that, what was the story that you sold to yourself to as to how do you go about communicating with the media or like even agreeing to do something like this right like i mean it's a live interview with on a on a platform where people can tune in and listen to what you're saying it is some it requires particular courage when you coming in your particular context right when you've been you've had a bad experience with the media in the past yeah i mean it's so this is a topic that's obviously it's quite nuanced you know because i like it's like they prepared me for it they the everything that happened to me i mean what goes around comes around like you know it's not like you know conversations like these it's like such a pleasant refresher to kind of have conversations like this with you or like other conversations with younger people that i've had in the past but even now i mean like it's not it's not like they are so kind of nice or amazing to me a lot of them are just asking me really ridiculous and insensitive questions still but it's about how i carry myself and i have to keep having that confidence in myself that you know no like i'm never going to let anyone else take away my story again yeah. i think that's that's the main thing when i knew that i was getting back into kind of this space right yeah also with the uh, i mean obviously like is something almost even non celebrities or non famous people deal with right trolling right mm. i think it is just an unfortunate part of what today's internet culture is where it's just easy to just be absolutely disgustingly horrible to someone and just walk away scat free how what is your process of dealing with trolls i'm sure they they just come after you often honestly i just ignore them like i've just been toughened up so much the last 6 years that like it it doesn't it doesn't uh, phase me anymore you know because earlier like i actually just got asked this question today and i said like it used to really affect me you know when these things happened it used to really affect me when i was alone i never let my vulnerable side out to anyone like no one if you knew me back then or if my friends or my family saw me they would never think that i'm getting affected with this because when when this is happening at such a magnitude where a whole country is essentially talking about you and your family you don't have an option but to tune it out and when i was alone it really did affect me you know it hurt me so much to the point that now i actually don't care about it at all because i mean listen like we're human we obviously there's an element of us that does care you know someone right. leaves a bad review and i'll just be like are he doesn't know what he's talking about like but then like then it just i, I i'm like whatever like okay he's it's it's his perspective you know it's his or her kind of conjecture let them have their opinion right right and because that- 
ideally like we 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 also shouldn't judge people who judge you know i mean sure but i think uh, i mean I, i as much as i f- agree with you on principle there i think it becomes slightly a slippery slope when it comes down to uh, judging people who are actually going after you i mean not just judging you right mm-hmm. i mean someone who's there's a difference between someone like saying oh siddharth just an average person or i don't think he's a good interviewer as opposed to saying just coming on to this chat and abusing me hypothetically yeah right? is huge difference between the two but uh, anyway vidhi i have one question for you before we actually open this up for the audience to maybe ask you a few couple of questions sure. but uh, uh, your memoir uh, has uh, like have your parents or your family members read it what was their reaction or like you know for they did they feel i know if, if you want to share this at all yeah. in the first place uh, i mean did they feel like say uh, it not represented well or like maybe that you said too much about things that probably shouldn't have been shared i know maybe just things off the top of my head what no. was their reaction so basically i think uh, like when you know from my dad like i heard he was super proud of me you know i think it brought tears to his eyes i mean i did uh, i when i first started writing it i didn't want anyone else's influence you know affecting my writing so right. I only showed it to everyone like right after the whole final draft was done and um they were all amazing you know I think with my mom she just recently read the book and for her she did say you know I wish you kind of did consult me on a few things before but at the end of the day she was so understanding because she did say it's my story you know it's and it's how I remember it and it's how I kind of went through it so um you know and that's kind of a level of maturity that i wasn't expecting her to have because i was quite nervous obviously what she would kind of think about it you know but um, the point is i did tell her like no matter what like i'm there for you you know like i am here and i'm not going to kind of let go even though there's a lot of things that are probably not in a favorable light mm-hmm. i am there with you and i think for her when she was reassured about that she kind of she was immensely proud of me right Right. No, and obviously, I mean, like, so my question, like, can I get that right? It was actually the part that actually kind of got me thinking was about, uh, you've shared, uh, like, not I wouldn't call them private personal details, but like probably details that they consider demons for themselves, right? That hmm. they're dealing with, not just your parents, but your family members as well, like particular issues. And I mean, that always is a sensitive thing to talk about. But it's great that to know that you know. in gen like i mean beyond a couple of hiccups it's great as an equation between you and the family because something that i took away from the book that you really cared about your family and yeah. were very involved with them so that's a very interesting um, bit for me to carry over but yeah, uh, we were just all we were just there we we've just gone through so much together you know so like i mean these all are very inconsequential like they knew because everything is already out there in the family so I mean in the media so I think for them like what I really respect is everyone was just like listen it's your story it's how you write it right so I got very lucky with the way they thought about that that's actually very great like I mean they that they had this perspective on it exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's it's very I'm very grateful for that this was uh, absolutely lovely of you to do this with us and thank you so much for doing this it was absolutely wonderful talking to you and thank like, you so, so and, much and and I, honestly i am so happy that you ended up writing this memoir because i mean 
i i can't really speak for the rest of the world but, but i can at least speak for myself that i had a very changed perspective about not just about you but your family and you know how things have played out because mm. for i i've i've just been in spectator and audience member that's it right and i think it's it's important for people to kind of write more about themselves or like to people to read things uh, about not just people who are in the news kind of thing but just in general right mm. I mean, about getting to know who people are and because i think people are multidimensional and people tend to paint them with that one incident or one instance in their life which may or may or not actually even be related to them right mm-hmm. right so i mean thank you so much for doing this with me this was absolutely wonderful thank you so much it was a really really good conversation i really enjoyed it as well